welcome to the Eclectic Collection, or welcome back, or just hello, however you want to go. Uh, 67, episode 67 today, Tools to Detect Paranormal Activity. Yeah, I said that out loud. Okay, so again, sticking with my uh, creepy, spooky, crazy, and uh, just weird stuff that I'm interested in. Everybody is all about ghost hunting right now. I can't say I've like gotten a suit and signed up or anything, but... In the Philly area where I'm from, you could go to Pennhurst Asylum. You could go to Eastern State Penitentiary. Um, there's always like nice big farms that have a cool hayride. Then at night it becomes spooky. But whether you're going to Hollywood Horror Nights and uh, you know um, Universal Hollywood, or you're going to the ones in Orlando or even SeaWorld and Shamu has a spooky night now, and Disney has not so spooky Halloween. Those are more on the fictional side of the plane. But if you go to a truly haunted place or a place that was haunted and there's um fees that you can like pay to stay overnight or uh, have a guided tour places that are uh allegedly haunted or presumably have a ghost walk or places like gettysburg where there was a big event and a lot of lives sadly were taken in one spot you see a lot more interest in that and it should just be like ghost tours and maybe like a pub crawl now you have so many shows on tv that, you know, Ghost Hunter this, and um, a long time ago, uh, although I think it's come back around, but I, I, a few years ago, there was a Penn State uh, research, I think it was uh, uh, Penn State, uh, kids that went to Penn State, and they had the uh, Paranormal Research Society. I don't know if it's still a thing, I'm sure it still is, it's never lost momentum, but I liked the guy that did that, and it was kind of neat, and they would go investigate places, and same thing, you know, Ghost Hunters and whatnot, and their celebrity accounts of this and that, so you could turn on cable and find 15 different things at any moment. But um, some of the things that they use are actually uh, decent pieces of audiovisual equipment that are based in real life. And I just thought for fun, you know, funsies, you might want to know what they are. So EVPs uh, are known as electro voice recorders. And uh, well, actually, the EVP itself is electro electronic voice phenomenon is what an EVP is. And, a, and an electronic voice recorder is just a digital recorder that could record that. Now, they have... Um, that electronic voice phenomena is just basically phenomena meaning inexplicable noise, voices, static, etc. that shouldn't be there. You know, interference or sounds. Sometimes people walk in a room, ask a question, you know, almost seemingly to the air, and then they'll just let it record for a bit. And then when they go back and uh, edit later, crank up the volume, you know, they may hear a faint yes or no or get out or whatever. Um, there's a little bit of a play on this in Sixth Sense is Bruce Willis. He has the... Uh, tapes on and he's all stressed about the guy that came and shot him you know vincent and he's playing the tapes over and over again and at one point he got a call and he left the room and he left the tape recorder running and when he comes back to the room he had never listened to it and he listens to it and he hears uh spanish actually he hears no quiero morir i don't want to die and he hears it in faint uh you know uh language and and very light in the background and he cranks up the volume and plays it and he's like oh like I never caught this before because who listens to the part where you weren't in the uh, in the room? So that's what EVPs are. They're electronic voice phenomena. They are things that aren't where they're supposed to be. And they're often picked up with the standard digital recorder or tape recorder in the old school world. Um, the other thing that you might see are cross rods. Cross rods are kind of an old school. Well, they're very old school. They're almost uh, back to like Land of Witches and Warlocks. They're iron pieces. Sometimes just uh, they're just like straight rods with a handle. And there's two of them. And the theory is that you put them out in front of you. I've seen this work in like castles. I've seen people do this with like older stuff. And again, it's more of an old school way of thinking. 
in terms of like hexes, curses, and spells. And uh, people just, they walk around with one in each hand straight out parallel to each other. And if you hit a, a dead zone or a spot or something that's, you know, a phenomenon that's negative and it's there, supposedly you inadvertently start crossing the two, uh, you know, into a cross, like as protection against whatever it is that's there. So that instead of the parallel two wrought iron uh, rods that you have, they almost start to fuse on their own as if against the holder's will and they go into a cross. So I uh, can't say I've used them, but I've seen them and I've seen them in use. And, you know, again, they kind of arguing, did you touch it? No, I touch it. Are you touching it? No, I don't touch it. You know, it's one of those kind of things. Uh, much like same thing with the Ouija board. Did you move it? No, I didn't move it. But um, a lot of interpretation there. But if uh, I've seen it where it's questionable and I've seen it where it's like immediate. So um, don't know. Another option that's uh, equipment-based, infrared cameras. Uh, infrared cameras have been around for a while. Infrared generally uh, lets you see temperature changes. You know, the old joke about vampires. Um, if it's a, and you see this in Blade, you see this in John Carpenter's Vampires. If they're very low body temp, then they are the undead uh, zombies, same thing. So they don't have blood anymore, if you will. So therefore their temperature shows up very cold. Spirits are said to be cold. And if you catch a cold spot that just won't seem to go away or it's always cold in this one area, they you know often attribute it to like a dead zone. And it's a very cold thing. Even if you want to play on modern day like Twilight, the vampires are very cold to the touch. So um, cold factor plays in there. So infrared cameras can help you detect those people that don't seem to be people. Um, regular photos can play in there too, whether it's film, um, film cameras. I mean, you could certainly use DSLR cameras and digital, uh, digital cameras, but, um, regular old photos and black and white, especially a lot of times you'll catch an orb, you'll catch photo orbs, you'll catch rings, you'll catch inexplicable light. Uh, again, going back to sixth sense, when you look in the, uh, photos and the mom is sort of cleaning up one day and just looks at the son's pictures, even as he's a kid, there's always this little halo or inexplicable orb behind him or a uh, diffracted light behind him. And well, they come to find out that, uh, he's been around spirits all the time, you know, spoiler alert. So he sees dead people. Um, so that's what that orb can be. And again, you can argue it's just a light refraction in a weird way. Certainly like as if it was in front of a mirror, but if you're in the middle of darkness, there's no mirror. Um, EMF. So EMFs are electronic, uh, electromagnetic frequencies. That's what EMF stand for. An EMF reader, which, you know, you can see in engineering and you can see in, in any kind of uh, actual science, uh, electromagnetic frequency readers will often give off, much like the Geiger counter of uh, space, if you will. It's going to give you um, readings if there's something in that space. You know, if a person is there, uh, if there's any, you know, people have electromagnetic frequencies. So you can argue that a person is electric if you will and has um just the static balloon science class back in the day theory that there's static that comes off of you if you cease to exist that electromagnetic current dissipates and it goes you know into the air or goes away so that eventually the the dead are left without it so um you wouldn't detect it but if an emf goes off in a place where there's not supposed to be then and there's no, nothing in it or empty space then there's some current or soul supposedly you know walking around or something um walking around interesting fun fact they say that um you know i'm, I'm roman catholic so they talk about last rites and a lot of times um although it's called the anointing of the sick and the objective is to get to you before it's last rites uh been there done that had it um 
very typically if someone passes, you know, in my religion, you call a priest. So with that, they will come and anoint the body. And if the person already passed, they'll come anoint the body and say prayers. Now, they often say that you have 45 minutes to get a priest there. Not that a priest wouldn't come. He, they, he would. But they say that if, if you passed within 45 minutes, that you should be anointed within 45 minutes. Not that they won't do the anointing otherwise, but supposedly that's the magic number that the soul is allegedly leaving the body, says EMFs and scientific readings. So if you argue that the EMF equates to an actual soul, I mean, obviously one scientific, one's religious, it explains why in 45 minutes, that's sort of the hot spot time, if you will. It's like you're kind of still there. And uh, if you think about it, that's when how long about it takes, you know, for rigor mortis to start setting in, bodies to start cooling off. And then, you know, it's like the person's not there anymore. So um, there's definitely scientific uh, support or evidence to the, the death process. But, you know, how much you parallel that to religion is up to you. Um, spectrometers, spectrometer, if you will, but a spectro literally and meter. So you're having a, uh, a meter that looks up like a, a, a reading, if you will, from the, uh, the spectrometer. So like literally uh, you could see the sound waves, light waves, any kind of disturbance in the force, if you will. And that could be visual, it could be audio. And generally speaking, they will give you some sort of like Geiger counter reading and let you know, is it, you know, is there, is, is there something out there? Is there something you're hearing? Is there something you're seeing? Is there uh, detection static, uh, you know, noise? What's, what's going on? So there's spectrometers involved. Motion sensors are very helpful. Just plain old normal motion sensors that you would get in your house. Uh, people use it for people. People use it to detect rodents. People use it to detect, you know, security situations. And just plain old normal motion sensors can be put in different places. And if they trip, uh, you know, why did they trip? What was out there? Did something walk in front of it? And if there was any kind of, again, disturbance in the force, even if it's not a physical being and something, you know, brushed it, touched it, uh, or if it was some sort of immense amounts of static that would set it off, you would see like a tripwire on your, um, on your reader. Um, binary response device. This one's new to me. Apparently these are yes, no, uh, like an like a yes no answer situation where you can go. I think it's very similar to uh, getting an EVP off a recorder, but there's actually a piece of gear that you can purchase where it's like a, a device that comes as a piece of equipment that you could put out. It records. You're asking questions constantly, you know, presumably to the air or to whatever area, and that it'll actually. Um, yes, it's recording, but it'll actually flip like a green for yes and a, and a red for no light, or it'll flip a, a, a needle that goes left or right or, you know, whichever way and gives you an answer. So I didn't even know that existed, but it's a quick way to, I guess, commune with uh, or communicate with people that are past. And last but not least, I didn't know this existed either. They call it a ghost box. So this is a, um, like a, it scans radio frequencies for white noise so it's just something you would put in the area and um it's essentially like a transistor but modernized and it's just a piece of equipment and it literally scans radio frequencies up and down for white noise anomalies voices uh different languages things that you might hear you know of course you could hear nothing 
but sometimes nothing has stuff embedded in it or behind it. So uh, who knows? If you want to get fancy dancy, you can actually go purchase all this stuff off of a lot of different places. And um, there are people that stand behind uh, different ones of these and say, oh, you know, get this one or this brand's better. <laughs> so if it's a hobby, I would say something you wanted to do, maybe borrow some stuff first and, uh, you know, don't go into debt trying to purchase these things. But they are available in all different uh, places and people are actually doing this. So maybe maybe start with like a ghost tour. That's my uh, two cents. But, you know, I've always enjoyed the topics and I think it's funny. But there's actual equipment out there that you can that you can buy and use if you want to ghost hunt yourself. So happy haunting and hunting. If you liked what you heard today, then check us out at the Eclectic Collection Podcast.com or listen on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.